0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 148 of Utaki Brothers. My name is Rusty and tonight I am joined by a great friend of the show, returning guest, someone that we had on, oh my goodness, it's almost been two and a half years. Zach, welcome back to the podcast. How you doing?
1: Good, good. Two and a half years. Uh, I was a different person back then, so uh, I've I've been through a lot and hope I can contribute even more this time around I'm sure you can and I think two and a half
0: years ago you know coming um you know out of the pandemic and everything that's happened since then I think we're all kind of different people we've all evolved to a certain degree but to kind of really land on when you were here last it was March of 2020 it was episode 76 yeah gyroids disrupting our worldview we were talking about Animal Crossing New Horizons on the switch and just beginning, I think, to realize that you know, COVID, this might actually be a real problem. We might have to shut down the world for this. <laughs>
1: That's the peak. You think of the, like where when it started, uh, March twenty twenty, right there. Yeah, I, I really is. It's kind of wild when I look back at like even old YouTube videos. For a while, it feels like there's a whole divide. It's like pre-COVID and post-COVID. It's like we were all so innocent back then, mm. and then the world just changed
0: it really did yeah it's it is wild to think about how much has changed since then you know i think in our personal lives but obviously globally as well um but yeah lauren and i were still in a uh, one-bedroom apartment ryan was on the other side of the table and we were just talking about ryan time traveling through through time you know cheating on animal crossing and yeah
1: might might, maybe just maybe you'll hear let's talk about animal crossing again Oh, oh, yeah, maybe maybe real soon. (laughs) We might.
0: So, yes, welcome in listeners. If this is your first time listening to Otaku Brothers, I tend to have someone named Ryan, my forever co-host on the show. We talk about video games, movies, TV, whatever we dang darn please here on Otaku Brothers. But today Mm -hmm. is a very special episode. Bringing back my buddy, Zach, he kind of alluded to it, kind of hinted at it. Outside of my wife, he's the only other person in the world that I know that's a big fan of simulation type games, especially farming sims. I would say, is that is that kind of an accurate statement, Zach?
1: You know, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say just farming sims, or even especially. It's interesting. I do love simulation games in general. I guess I would say life sims. It's kind of weird to describe because if you say sims, like simulation games, could be you could get into like trucker simulation, and that's not mm-hmm. where I'm going with it. So it's like life sim, farming sim, um, but yeah, I, I kind of I tried to get five. Uh, well, we, we haven't even introduced that yet. What we're talking about? But yeah, I tried we'll, we'll to get, get some some things to cover all my different tastes in the in the sim genre. But yeah, it's just a genre I've always been drawn to for some reason. And you no, know, it's like not the the go to. Maybe it's it's like the typical like. If you're a woman in gaming, this is like, this is what everybody would always attach to you is like simulation Mm, games, you know? Yeah, uh, for sure. I don't know. I've I've always been attached to to simulation games and then RPGs were kind of like my two for a while. Good
0: stuff. I love it. Yeah. And so that's exactly why. Plus, it's just good to reconnect with good people. Uh, Of course, we've known each other for, gosh, 10, 12 years at this point dating back to the Pete's Game Room Forum days and All Gen Gamers, the podcast, of course. Uh, But yeah, so in the back half of the show today, we are going to carve out some time to talk about simulation games. And so I'll kind of tee up the general idea. We'll give more details in the back half of the show. But I'm coming to the table as kind of a simulation game noob. I've played a couple here and there. But I'm going to come to the table with five that I haven't played, but I think I'd really enjoy. And then Zach, kind of as a veteran player of these types of games, going to come to the table with his top five and maybe kind of coach me a little bit with the genre. But as we always do in a talking brothers, we kick off the show talking about our weeks, talk about what's been going down recently, any relevant life updates we want to bring to the show. And then we always each and every episode have to talk about the games that we have been playing recently. And so, Zach, I think it since it's been nearly almost double the amount of episodes since you were first here, episode 76, it's been seventy odd episodes. I don't want to do math right now. It's Friday evening, but mm-hmm. why, don't you just, why don't you just kind of tell the listeners a bit about yourself for those that maybe don't know about some of the great work you've been doing out there on YouTube. Maybe take us back to when you first started creating stuff for the internet and uh, what kind of sparked that interest to begin with?
1: Yeah, so now my name is Zach. Zach Archer is kind of what I go by. Back in the day, I started way back with the gaming community in 2009. And I was going by Pokemon ZRPG, was my name, because I just combined three things that I liked Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, and RPGs.
2: Mm-hmm. That was my
1: name. And then for a while after that, I was like too mature for that. So I shortened it to ZRPG. Some people will call me Z. And then it was like ZRPG revamped. And now I just go by my name. But yeah, I've been in the gaming community since 2009 uh, and been creating videos off and on since like 2010 uh so over a decade of creating stuff but i got seriously into doing videos regularly in like 2015 on my solo channel which is just called zach archer i did a lot of reviews and music discussions stuff like that reaction videos and i did that for quite some time and now the past couple years i've been doing a the Tarkaron YouTube channel with my friend Alec, who's also been on here, friend of the show as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and Rusty has been on there plenty of times too. So it's oh, kind yeah. of fun being on the other side of things. It's like it's been a while. We're yeah, used to, we're used to bringing you on. You're like the, the honorary third co-host of Tarkaron at this point. <laughs> but um, we that that's been a lot of fun, even though like most of my viewership like I got. Most of my viewership on my solo channel. I haven't done a video on there in almost a year. And I do want to get back to it at some point. But uh, I've still been enjoying Tarkon so much, even though there's significantly less viewership. I'm just talking about stuff I'm passionate about. You know, we've been reviewing games, reviewing TV, movies, uh, having fun, random discussions, and going through seasons of Survivor. It's like we got a lot going on. It's always fun each week. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's always so fun to tune in to Tarkaron. I mean, I mean, you guys started a couple of years back, but just to see the evolution of the show and for you guys to really lean into the things you love, and you can tell that you guys are doing it purely for the love of doing it, with no, no real motive motivation necessarily for like, you know, this is going to get more clicks versus that. And to see, I mean, some of the stuff you guys do recently, you've been doing like Mad Libs and choose your own adventure type stuff and personality tests and um, going on to what was the thing that you brought me on that one time to do like random questions? What was it again?
1: I did random BuzzFeed quizzes. Yes. BuzzFeed
0: (laughs) quizzes, like just generally just fun things that you would tend to do with your friends anyways. It does feel kind of like this fireside chat between two friends just hanging out on a Friday night. You know, talking about the things you'd probably be talking about anyways if you and Alec were hanging out together, uh, mm-hmm. but just recording it for the sake of Tarkaran. And of course, you both are very responsible for, especially back in twenty twenty. Um, you know, for anyone that has heard me talk about Survivor here on this podcast, I've done it a number of times, and that's largely because you two or you, as a big fan of Survivor over the years, have been taking Alec through chronologically. All of the seasons and actually reacting to them and posting those on your YouTube channel, which has been one such a treat for me to revisit because I remember watching the premiere of Survivor back in the early 2000s with my family. And then I kind of dipped out around season 11 or 12, but then to go back and see you guys react to one of my favorite seasons like Pearl Islands was just so magical because, you know, Alex's reactions are so authentic and fun. And I feel like I'm like vicariously reliving those memories as when I was a kid through you both, which has been such a treat.
1: Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's one of my favorite parts of the channel for sure. And it's always like we have such a variety of things we do, but that's always been the foundation. It's like every week you can get a Survivor. Recently, we've been mixing in a season of Black Mirror between each season of Survivor. This is a little break, but more or less it's Survivor is like a staple of the channel. And it's been a lot of fun. We It's kind of wild. We've done reviews of all the first 11 seasons at this point, and we've done reactions ever since the fifth season of, of every episode, talking about every episode. So it's cool. It's like a little time capsule, you know, and, and the fact that we're keeping Alex spoiler free, it's like we're stuck back in 2005 still. Yeah. doesn't know yep. anything what's, what's to come, and there's a lot I'm excited to get into. Uh, Yeah.
0: These next couple of seasons of survivor are going to be a treat for sure. I can't wait. Now, did you guys always have YouTube as the goal? I mean, like what were some of the earlier conversations? Because, you know, I think the three of us were pretty closely connected and and we've talked a lot about potentially doing like a 10 year at this point. It'll probably be like an 11 year reunion of our uh, famous tales of Vesperia review that the three of us did uh, way back when. But when did you guys start having conversations about, hey, let's get together and do something? Was it always YouTube or did you guys consider doing like an audio only podcast thing?
1: That's interesting. Uh, Initially, it was, hey, listen, we did a video game podcast with me, me and Cole to start back in 2012, Uh, a guy named Cole, who's not really part of the gaming community much these days, but we started that and then. A couple years in, Alec joined as a co host. He was part of another podcast, but then he joined Hey Listen. So we did that for a couple years. And then there was a point where we we started experimenting. If you look at the Hey Listen YouTube channel, you'll see we're kind of like the beginnings of what Tarkron becomes. You know, it's always kind of what I was pitching is that we should be able to like have videos dedicated to certain things, you know, not just straight up podcast format, but have like, we'll discuss this. We'll review that, and we did that for a little bit, but before basically uh, Cole kind of falling out of it, he was not. It was never quite as locked in as we wanted. So then a couple years passed, and I I don't remember exactly how it went, but I think it was probably just me floating the idea of you want to do a YouTube channel because and basically do the things we were gonna do, but have like a fresh start with it. We considered going continuing with Hey Listen. And just doing it with the same name, but we just wanted a fresh start and I thought it would be cool uh, to do that so we can just have our our own vision unfold.
0: That's awesome. And then what was the first video you guys did? Was it the Avengers Endgame review or was it something else?
1: Yeah, we did an Avengers Endgame review was our first one. Uh, and we and we also did soon after that, like I think it was ten video games that define us. Mm, yeah, that's, that's kinda right. how I wanted to go into it was like we can review movies. We can also talk about video games in like discussion formats. So it's not like it's never the same thing. There was a period where we did a lot of reviews more than anything. And um, right now we're doing a, we've done a several movie series right now for Halloween, the month of October, we're reviewing the Halloween town, uh, Disney channel, original movies. We're Love doing that. All those. And, uh, but we're mixing in a lot of variety in there. So it's always fun.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, every Star Wars movie in review is, I think, classic at this point. I still go back and listen to some of those reviews, particularly the more divisive ones like Attack of the Clones or The Last Jedi. Um, Mm -hmm. It's genuinely a joy to go back to those for me and listen to you guys just banter back and forth about your thoughts about those films.
1: Yes, we've covered all of the most iconic movie series out there. We've got Star Wars, The Godfather, Shrek, Ghostbusters. And now Halloween Town. These are we're hitting all the, the top marks of cinema here.
0: I think the highest rated IMBD movies ever. I think those... those, yeah, <laughs> those they're yeah.
1: generally regarded as the best movie series of all time. Uh, I'll let you be the judge.
0: Especially those Shrek ones, for sure. <laughs>
1: Shrek. Shrek is a special, a special time in our lives, the Shrek series. <laughs> we did all the Shrek movies, we did all the Shrek shorts, and we did Shrek the musical. And then we did a box art battles with you of all Shrek games. So That was
0: phenomenal. That was something else. That was crazy. Yeah,
1: it's another series we do where it's a video, we're basically pitting video game box arts against each other tournament style. And we have to vote on which one ultimately becomes the winner of each episode. And we did a special Shrek edition of it.
0: Such a fun idea. Yeah, th- those are just great episodes for sure. I mean, you guys have had... Pete Doran, you've had Ryan on, uh, myself, and a couple other folks as well, I
2: believe.
1: Yeah, a few. We we definitely want to do more. It's Obviously, uh, you got to manage more when there's a guest. It's another um, person scheduled to take into account. So obviously, it's not as often. But um, we definitely want to do more things with guests, too. And we obviously have more that we want to do with you, too, like our live-action Disney movies. That's right. Yep, we've
0: got a lot of catch-up to do with the live-action Disney stuff for sure. And fortunately for us, there's no shortage of them coming down the pipeline either, because Disney's Fortunately here money, is an so. interesting
1: word to use. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that it is, especially coming off the heels of our recent Pinocchio movie review, which was awful.
1: One day we'll strike gold. Maybe Little Mermaid will be good. And there are still some good ones that we didn't review from before, like The Jungle Book still sticks out to me.
0: And oh, yeah. The beasts, so yeah, we've got our homework ahead of us. Absolutely. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Tarkaron, we'll plug them again at the end of this particular episode. But if you're not already subscribed to their YouTube channel, please go out there. T-A-R-Q-A-R-O-N. I always love tuning into their show. And certainly it's a it's a joy when I get to join those guys and chat about whatever the heck they bring me on the show to talk about. But what do you say, Zach we transition here i want to hear about the games that you have been playing recently one in particular i've been trying to put a bug in your and alex ear for like years at this point and it it still blows my mind because i feel like i don't know i don't know if these are really alex types of games or not but they seem like they'd probably strike a chord with you to some degree
1: Hmm.
0: uncharted (laughs) yeah Please, you, you've maybe kinda set the scene a little bit because it's part of a, a gentleman's challenge that you do over there on a separate Discord server. But right. you've been playing Uncharted Drake's Fortune. Please tell me about that game and tell me how you were tagged to play that this month.
1: Yeah, so in our the Discord server that I'm an admin for, a little gaming community, it's called RNG. We do this thing called the Gents Challenge every couple months. I'm sure you've heard of it. Onotaku Brothers brought up a few times where Rusty was a rascal. Um, basically, you have a, a two month deadline to get a video game done. Generally, you're assigned a partner and then they give you the game you're going to play out of your lists. This theme was a little different, where it was basically left up to RNG uh, to decide what game you would play. And me and Alec both did the method of using the fortune cookie feature on Backloggery, which gives you a random game. And we made a list of 20 out of those and then just let the random number. Generator Decide Our Fate and it left me with Uncharted and Resident Evil 6. These are the two games I can either beat one of them or both of them before the deadline. And I chose Uncharted easily because um, it's it's funny because Uncharted for some reason I hear it so much but it's kind of one of those things where you hear so much about a series and it's been so many years and you still haven't played any of them. You almost become numb to it. I don't know if you experienced that. I've experienced that a lot where it's like clearly it seems like it'd be a great game, but you almost hear too much about it to the point where it doesn't even matter. It doesn't factor in anymore. I feel like Breath of the Wild is
0: that for me on the Switch, right? Because it's just universally beloved by everyone, with the exception of a select few that continue to talk about like, you know, the the, the weapons breaking and everything like that. But for me, you know, my wife and I, the last episode that we recorded, we talked about some of the top games in our backlog for both Switch and PlayStation Four. And I didn't even bother mentioning Breath of the Wild because it's just like, yeah, I, I know, I get it. It's the best. It's the best switch game. It's the best Zelda game. it is it's It's the best game of all time for a lot of folks. But for me, yeah, I get it. I'll get to it at some point. I'm sure it sounds like Uncharted was kind of that series for you,
1: yeah. especially a series where it's like you're you're three, four, five games in to the series already. It's like you almost accept the fact. It's like I'm, I'm fine with my life not having Uncharted in it. I'll just accept that I'll never play an Uncharted game. Basically, I don't know what I'm missing, so I'll just this blissful ignorance, and you accept yeah. it.
2: But mm-hmm.
1: this was thrust upon me. I probably never would have picked it up otherwise. My PS3 has been getting no love for quite some time, and uh, <laughs> it it thrust upon me, and I'm I'm grateful for it because I actually loved it, and. It's the first Uncharted. Everyone, all the talk I always heard was for, I mean, years in the gaming community, especially. It was Uncharted 2, Uncharted 2, Uncharted 2. And then more recently, like Uncharted 4. But um, so the fact that I love the first one, I'm sure I'll I'll love the others as well, Um, especially considering it'll only go up from here. And it's kind of funny because AAA games in general, I feel like. A lot of the big PlayStation ones I never got around to like until I think it was the last Chance challenge I was assigned the Marvel Spider-Man game, which I had never played. And I still never beat that, but I did at least get to play it, and I appreciate that. But a lot of the big ones, like The Last of Us, God of War, um, (laughs) I don't know. There's so many that I haven't even touched. So I'm a bad gamer in, in many regards, but finally started Uncharted, and I'm sure I'll actually play through the series. It's one of those things. It's right up my alley. I feel like, and it's it was it was a uh, for its time. It was it's pretty pretty new. The whole cinematic type of game, and even now, I feel like there's not many games quite like it in its in presentation and how it's like you're playing out a movie in real time. And I really appreciate that about it.
0: Yeah, and and I always love too just to see in Naughty Dog's evolution. The developer, you know, you know, originally they were doing. Crash Bandicoot for PS1, and then Jack and Daxter for PlayStation 2, and then kind of completely flipping it, things on its head with something like Uncharted. It's the natural course, progression.
2: Yeah, Congrats it just 92. doesn't really
0: seem, you know, very characteristic of some of the things they they had done previously. Um, but yeah, Uncharted 1, I almost go through the Uncharted trilogy, and 4 I've only played through twice. But the Uncharted trilogy, I tend to play, if not every year, every other year. It's just very comfort food, cozy type of stuff for me at this point. And because I have played them so many times, I can kind of just beeline through the stories and get through them pretty quickly. But it really does feel like I'm revi- revisiting like a favorite film trans- fan tra- film franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people always make the comparison to Indiana Jones and you can certainly see it there. But I think, you know, Uncharted is, is founded upon its, its characters and story. Um, and you know, certainly Nate and solely and their relationship and how that evolves over the course of the series and then some of the other characters that I won't want to get into because you've only seen kind of the first chapter of right. Nathan Drake's story. So I don't want to go too into what happens in the future, but I guess, what did you think of, of their dynamic in the game?
1: It was fun. It was fun. It was, that's why I thought it was. Um, it was almost like I should have known when, when they did like the fake out at one point um, it was like, I definitely i am like, I'm pretty sure I heard Sully mentioned a lot. I feel like I feel like there's more there, but it's also mm-hmm. one of those things where if you're not in the series, you might not actually completely tune in on those details. So I'm like, maybe I just remembered it wrong. We're just talking about the the first game, but then like, okay, this is interesting, and it definitely is like a little buddy uh, film dynamic for sure. So it'll be cool to see that unfold more.
2: Yeah.
0: And if you enjoyed, you know, the first game, I think the the shooting mechanics and the cover sh- based shooting type of stuff definitely gets a bit better in the future games. But I think that's oftentimes the thing that people tend to criticize game over game and just a- as a series in general, just because it kind of feels like you're just shooting up a bunch of bad guys just to get to the next cinematic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I-, I tend to enjoy it still quite a bit. And I think they do. Mix it up a bit more in later games, even if again it's it's to get to that next cinematic moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I found some of the segments to be annoying, and some of the little gameplay elements were not quite as polished as you'd I might have wanted. But uh, overall, it wasn't. It was kind of pretty painless for me to get through, and I thought it was a fair, fair challenge. It wasn't super frustrating, uh, but it was it was not super easy either. So. It's kind of right where I would like it to be. I, it wasn't. It's not the kind of game you'll get stuck on. You just kind of you can move along with the story pretty swimmingly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, good stuff. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I hope you don't wait too long before you uh, move on to Uncharted 2, because I think that yeah. is, you know, for so long was kind of looked at as being, you know, the best game in the series. I still think four is that for me, um, and then kind of one of the spinoff games called Lost Legacy is actually pretty good too, but. Um. Okay. obviously no rush, thankfully the games don't take too terribly long to get through sounds like you kind of um, breezed through this one in just a couple short days uh, maybe a week or so, so I think you can probably do the same, certainly for 2 and 3, 4 is also a bit longer
1: I did, yeah, I did breeze through it I have, I have a lot more free time at the moment kind of between jobs, otherwise like a couple months ago I was barely getting any game time in, you know I was would, would getting like a couple minutes of Smash Bros here and there, but otherwise it was like man, I need more game time, and now I've been all in playing playing uh games quite a bit. So yeah, I've also been playing um actually a little teaser for Tarkron. We're gonna be reviewing this game a couple weeks from now. So I've been playing in anticipation for that. And that's until dawn.
0: Oh heck yes. What do you and, think about this one?
1: And so I did I have played this before, so I'm replaying it for the review. I think I think Alec had played it recently and now he's replaying it again. But I hadn't played it since it was one of the first, if not the first PS4 game I think I played way back when it came out. And uh, yeah, I really like it. I find I find myself not enjoying it quite as much as I did back then. I'm like, okay, these these character some of the character dialogue is a little cringy now for sure. because um, they they come off it's like supposed to be stupid teenager dialogue, but they do not look like teenagers, like they look like adults. Look at they're in their 30s. So yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of it's kind of off-putting when he starts saying, "What was he?" I can't remember the quotes, but these seem some outrageous things about you know taking people to Bone Town and whatnot, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like,
0: definitely it's definitely like classic 1980s, like Friday the 13th type dialogue, you know.
1: Which I guess it's it's supposed to be kind of yeah more exaggerated in that sense and it's focused on like people in this retreat, these these people isolated in this retreat in this horror experience they go through, basically like in a horror movie. But, you know, you would like to like the characters more. I find myself liking the characters a lot less than I did then. Um but the gameplay mechanics are still really cool for a horror game. I think they're really effective. Like the mm-hmm. the the quick time events are actually good for for what they do in the butterfly effect system and the whole like segments where they'll have you, you can't move the controller too much where it'll like uh, set off a bad event or uh, trigger an enemy or something like that. I like that element of it too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I played this one. I can't remember if it was over the course of the pandemic or maybe the year before, but I just remember Lauren was in the room with me, Ryan was in the room with me, and they were all kind of just egging me on as those quick time events happen because it's kind of anxiety provoking. Like, you're, you're, your hands are kind of shaking because you're doing your best to prevent someone <laughs> from dying. And it's one of those games that if you make a wrong turn or you press the wrong button, like, someone could die as a result of that. Yeah, you know? actually. The stakes are high.
1: And I do like that. It's not like one of the, it's not like the Telltale games in the words like an illusion of choice or... Like, oh, you could you have two dialogue options, but they basically lead to the same thing. That kind of thing. Yeah, but actually, you actually have people's lives in your hands So,
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, did you ever play any of the other dark anthology uh, pictures games like Man of Medan Ooh. or? OK, I
1: have the okay. first one. I I think that is, is Man of Medan. Is that the first one?
0: Could have been. Yeah, there's Man of Medan, The Little Hope, um, House of the Fallen Ashes or something like that. Uh, there's a couple of them. I played the Man of Madon, I think last year with Ryan, and it was okay. You know, the, the big reveal or like kind of the um it wasn't I don't know, it was kind of predictable, but they're mm. still fun games because the mechanics, you know, carry over from game to game. Um so from that angle, they're they're still fun to play.
1: Well, I knew they came out with a like a spiritual successor to Until Dawn Quarry. Have you have you heard of that game at all?
0: Yes, and a couple people have streamed it. I've stayed away from spoilers because that's a game that you only watch someone if you've played to completion, and then even if you do that, I feel like you're at risk because you know they might have different things happen based on the selections and dialogue that they choose. Right. Um. So I've stayed completely away from it. I will probably not get it to it this year, though, uh, just because I didn't really want to pay full price for it. I'd like to get that for like maybe twenty thirty dollars. Hmm. Next year, uh, but yes, very excited to play it. I think uh, you know Hayden Penetier was in uh, Until Dawn. I think Brenda's Song is in The Quarry. So, oh, um, from, <laughs> you know, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody days. So, right.
1: interesting. So yeah, I've been playing that. We always try to get in. Now it's kind of become a tradition. We'll do spooky and Halloween related things in October, and we always try to get a game in there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that. I have a game, one game I've been thinking a lot of time in the past couple days, which I won't go into just yet, because I've actually been playing it in anticipation of our discussion later about the Sims games. Okay. um, The last thing, it's been a while since I've I've played it, but Fire Emblem Three Hopes. I just had a kick to play Fire Emblem recently, Um, and so I was like, let me just play this. Even though it's like the most daunting of the Fire Emblem games, it's got... Like an 80 hour minimum to beat the game. And so I was like, I always had zero faith that I'll ever finish the game. And I still kind of have zero faith, but it's still, I wanted to experience it at least. Because it kind of did take the internet by storm for a while when it came out. And I was kind of a, a more classic Fire Emblem fan. I got into it in Path of Radiance on the GameCube. So this one is very, very different in, in many ways. Um, it's still got the. Strategy elements, which I enjoy more than anything. But there are kind of like sim esque elements that they add into this game, um, which I think they did in lieu of games like Persona, where it's got RPG mechanics, but then there's also a portion where you live out like some day to day activities kind of thing. Oh, okay. So okay. it's kind of weird. Fire Emblem 3 Hopes is the first one I know of that does this, where you, since it's set in a school, basically you're a professor there. Uh, it'll let you go like explore the school on every, every day and it'll go through like a calendar that's how the story progresses you're going through your each day. Um and then it'll skip days to certain events, but you'll also have random things you can do like fishing and uh and having a tea party with your students. It's very, very odd, very Japan. But, Interesting. Uh, so wait a second.
0: Yeah. Is this is this three houses on the switch? Three houses, yes.
1: Okay, you said Three Hopes, and I'm like,
0: wait a second. Is oh. this a Muso game, or is this... Okay. God dang it. Three so, hopes. You're, it's all good. It's all it's good. The same I mean, game.
1: It's the same it, game. It sounds so similar. If
0: I didn't correct you, Chronos Correction Corner, he would have oh, come God. in real strong. Damn
1: yeah. it, Alec.
2: Yep. <laughs> <come> in with-
1: <laughs> There's no hope. No hope in this game. Just houses. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which yep. Kinda, I mean, I like, kind of like the whole the Hogwarts sorting ho- hat of it all. It's like you pick your house in the beginning, but... Um, I oh really like <laughs> you, yeah, you pick there's the three different houses you get to pick which one you're gonna be the professor for basically. So three branching storylines play out. you'll be interacting primarily with as far as I can tell, I've only played the beginning, but you, it seems you'll be interacting only with certain characters in each uh, house for the most part. Okay. Um, so I, I know there's significant changes in each path. So even with like an 80 hour storyline, there's still more replayability for this hardcore fans.
0: Oh my gosh, that's just too much. <laughs> it
1: is too much. It's too much. And, and so the funny, the or the fun little gimmicks of like you can wander around the, the, the school or go fishing and stuff like that, I don't mind them. But I'm kind of, I would be really interested to see what really hardcore classic Fire Emblem fans think of this, because it's such a different direction. Um, but I'm the kind of person who likes like uh, the... Disney Magical World like I'll I'll play that kind of game so mm. is, it kind of works for me. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's like yeah, this is one I definitely have unplayed. We have a copy just because I wanted to make sure that I knew I wanted to play this game eventually, but given how even like the 3DS um Wii era Fire Emblem stuff has gone up in price, I'm like let me just get a copy for retail price now before I have to pay Twenty thirty dollars above retail here in you know five or six years.
1: Well, yeah. If you ever if you ever have a free year, you want to clear your schedule and just play <laughs> this game. And feel free. I still need to play Xenoblade Chronicles two and three. I mean, I feel like I need to like
0: literally quit my job and maybe like get divorced to you know have enough time to to play those
1: types of That's media sure. RPGs go nowadays. Take a dramatic like retreat, like go off on like a vacation home and and just play a uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses.
0: Yeah ridiculous how much time like, I'm, I'm
1: logging off of social media if you do not try to call me on my phone I will not answer I'm doing it's a spiritual experience for me yeah. I often play Fire Emblem Three Houses <laughs> good stuff so what, what have you been playing
0: great bunch of games on your part so for me speaking of farming sims I don't really know if you can classify this game as a farming sim but I've continued to plug away at Dragon Quest Builders 2 behind the scenes uh, because I'm trying to kind of strictly stay in the spooky season realm this month when it comes to both TV, both, I should say it's really threefold TV, movies and games. And so I need to come down with something kind of more relaxing at the end of the day. And so I'll try to put in like 30 minutes to an hour in Dragon Quest Builders 2, which has been so much fun to play um, completely against, you know, the normal types of games that I like, which is what we'll get into here. At the back half of the show. I mean, farming Sims, like I've been generally interested in them. The one kind of genre or game that has never really seemed appealing to me was Minecraft. And I feel like, you know, I talked a bit about it on last week's episode, but dragon quest builders two, And even the first game does it in a way where it is so newcomer friendly and it really holds your hand when, you know, you need to build these structures or these buildings or these shelters for people And they literally give you a blueprint, like you need these five ingredients, you need these 10 materials, you need to go over here and they'll mark it on your map, like you need to go kill this monster to get this type of material to craft this thing. And I'm like, dude, I got it. Don't even worry about it. I can do this. This is great. I've got Dragon Quest tunes in the background to keep me company while I do it. You know, I wander the fields and I have little Dragon Quest slimes and traditional Dragon Quest monsters that I get to slash with my sword. I mean, it really just has all of the ingredients and kind of elements of a Minecraft game that I needed to get invested. And I haven't even pumped a ton of time into it. Um, I would say I'm about five, six-ish hours in, and you can beat the game in about 30 hours, which uh, for me, you know, a game that really has no end and has no structure in Minecraft, I feel like Dragon Quest Builders has really struck a perfect balance between adding structure, but still giving you the freedom to kind of do and build the things where you want and how you want to. But again, there is a blueprint to a lot of this stuff that, so you need to do it in a certain way, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, as much as I liked sim games, which tend to have this kind of unopen or open ending to how they go or kind of unlimited. I do Kind of prefer when they have a structure to them, and uh, there are a couple of games I've come across that are it's like a nice change of pace where it's not like just you can go into day a thousand of of on your farm or building whatever you're doing. It's like actually sometimes having a storyline weaved throughout it. that's cool. I like when games like mess around with the 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 gameplay element that is farming and farming Sims, yeah. Like that—that that Nintendo Direct from a few weeks ago, where a lot of people were frustrated with it. That was—I was in heaven because there was like 18 farming Sims in there. But there's a what is Why am I forgetting the name? Harvestella. That looks is, great. That that's like that's perfect. Like, I love RPGs, I love farming Sims, and it like molds the two. And so you you already know there's going to be structure to that, and that's nice. So yeah, that kind of thing is is up my alley too.
0: Yeah harvestella does look amazing um not sure if i'll get it day one but maybe a christmas gift for lauren uh but yeah dragon quest builders 2 really enjoying my time with it such a surprise for me uh this year i know it didn't come out this year but it's really my first time sinking my teeth into the series so happy with that and i'm just happy that dragon quest has as many spin-offs as they do but ones that kind of cater to genres that I'm not normally interested in, but with a Dragon Quest skin I am. Uh, another one being Dragon Quest Heroes, that kind of mirrors or models the uh, Dynasty Warriors kind of musou uh, genre, or subgenre, I should say, where you're just kind of mowing down waves of enemies with a sword. Doing that with a Dragon Quest story and Dragon Quest characters and, you know, the Akira Toriyama classic character art design sign me the heck up. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, so totally into it. Uh, especially when you put a Dragon Quest skin on it. So, plugging away on that behind the scenes, but did get into two horror-related games this week. Uh, one I'd probably say is kind of a a softball of a horror game, if you will. It's called uh, Stubbs the Zombie Rebel Without a Pulse. Have you ever heard of this game, Zach? I
1: definitely I definitely have heard of it, but I it's not uh, I'm not remembering how it plays.
0: Okay, so originally came out on the Xbox. Back in, I want to say, 2005. And last year, it was remastered for current-gen consoles. So you can get it for Switch, Xbox, PC, PlayStation. Uh, I, of course, played it on the PlayStation 4, uh, or PlayStation 5, but PlayStation 4 version. And so the game kind of just set the scene a bit. It takes place in the late 1950s, and at the very beginning of the game, this character that you were playing as rises from the grave. You kind of take control of him and start hobbling around the city as this zombie biting other humans. And they immediately drop to the floor, they die, and seconds later they come back as zombies and you start amassing your own horde of zombies, which Mm -hmm. is the perfect game to play kind of in parallel with me binging the heck out of The Walking Dead because (laughs) they kind of reanimate in a very similar fashion uh, as the the zombies do in The Walking Dead, which is kind of neat. But um, pretty linear game. They're about 12 to 15 levels. I think I beat the game in about five, six hours. And over the course of those levels, you begin to kind of learn through this, this story, you know, how you originally died and your ultimate motivation for kind of coming back to life. So I won't go into that. It's kind of um, goofy and fun, mm-hmm. but that's just ultimately kind of the mood this game is going for. It's super goofy very of the xbox ps2 era you know if you're familiar with stuff like destroy all humans or war of the monsters and even stuff like bully it feels a lot like those types of games with its writing and kind of what it sets out to do and i mean the kind of the saving grace of it is you know even though it gets a bit repetitive since you're basically just button mashing your way you know you're in the third person you play as this zombie you walk up to all these you know NPCs and eventually soldiers and other folks around the city that kind of start to fight back and you bite them they reanimate as zombies but you do get power ups along the way so one of them you you know you press a button you literally rip off your arm and throw it on the ground and your vision kind of changes now to be that of your your arm and oh. You walk up to like a police officer or a soldier or even some civilian that has, you know, maybe a baseball bat and you can kind of take control of them. So the hand will jump on their head. Now you have a different, you know, health bar and you're now controlling a, a police officer or a soldier or some random civilian. And now you can use their gun or their bat or their machete to now wreak havoc on some of these other people. So kind of neat in that respect. Um but yeah, beat it in about five to six hours. It was a ton of fun, great game to kind of play counter to some of the more spooky first person, terrifying horror games that I have been playing. Mm-hmm. One other thing though, that's worth noting about this one. And I kind of noticed it early on while playing, but it was how oddly familiar controlling a vehicle felt. So There are a number of areas where you take control of a tractor and you kind of mow down enemies, take control of a Jeep or just some random vehicle. But I'm like, man, it feels this feels so familiar. And it felt familiar because this game was originally built in the Halo engine. So an an ex-Bungie developer left, you know, early 2000s after Halo Combat Evolved came out created his own studio, and the first game they created was Stubbs the Zombie. So all of the vehicles control in a similar fashion to the old school Warthog and some of those other um, vehicles that you kind of control in Halo. And then just kind of the overall level layouts and stuff like that kind of feel a bit similar, and some of the assets feel similar to the OG Halo. So thought that was kind of cool. Um, but definitely a game that you know if you're playing stuff like uh Resident Evil and Silent Hill and Outlast and other creepy mm-hmm. horror games, take a break, put those on the back burner, step into Stubbs the Zombie. It's a, it's a goofy fun, if not spooky time. Step uh, into Stubbs. Step into Stubbs, that's right. Mm, that's right. Um, and I think I got it on sale for less than ten bucks. Um, if you can get it on sale for, you know, 15 or less, I think it's definitely recommended any more than that. I would wait for a sale because again, pretty cheap and also kind of repetitive. And if you're not really into the PS2 Xbox era type stuff like destroy all humans, this probably isn't going to do much for you, but I enjoyed
1: it. I just, I just looked at like a couple of screenshots and it already gave me that vibe for sure. Destroy all humans kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. not, not necessarily what I would expect from a game where you play as a zombie I wouldn't expect to have the best driving mechanics but that's that's a nice, a, a nice fun fact yeah yeah I, I was definitely surprised um,
0: but yeah worth picking up for sure If you can get it for kind of cheap and then the last game I played holy moly was this game creepy as all get out Ryan uh-huh. came over on Tuesday and he's kind of like my horror gaming companion we tend to sit on the couch Controller in my hand, because he's too scared to play the games himself. And we'll play through the creepiest game we can find for the month. And the one I came across more recently in preparation for October was a game called Infliction. And I got the extended cut. I'm not sure how this is different from the original version. I'm playing on PS5. And I won't even get into... The finer details of it because I think this is something that you should really go into the game not knowing much, especially if this is something that, you know, folks out there would want to stream or again, just kind of play on their own. You don't want anything spoiled, but it's a first person horror experience where you're kind of stuck in these different memory loops playing as this man and you're wandering around your house in the suburbs. And you're kind of piecing together clues, walking from room to room, reading journal entries, kind of picking up picture frames, looking at pictures of your family, trying to make sense of where this once happy family fell apart. And while you're doing all of this, keep in mind that you're holding a flashlight. All of the lights are off in the house. You hear weird. You hear weird sounds in the background that you can't really quite tell where they're coming from. And also, on top of all that, an evil spirit in the flesh is kind of following you around the house in a very Mr. X or Nemesis-like fashion if you've played stuff like Resident Evil 2 or Resident Evil 3. And I'll just say that there are a few moments in this game where I opened a door and this person came running after me, and it's one of those things too, like if you're playing with headphones on... You can literally hear the person's footsteps chasing you around the house. Like, it's one of those types of games. So, just like, be ready. I I can't say with certainty because I've only played like the first hour of it. To this day, the creepiest game I've ever played, the loudest I've ever screened while playing a game, the game that I struggled to even get through the earlier hours because I think they did such a good job of just scaring the living daylights out of you was Resident Evil 7. Played that back in 20, 2019, maybe. I can't really remember. Um, I think this game comes dangerously close to the mood that that game put me in. Like, just sheer dread, terrified, shaking. I don't even want to play anymore because it's that scary. But um, those are the best kind of games to play during October, right, Zach?
1: That's right. No, That's right. I, I, yeah, I hadn't heard of this at all until I saw that you did post a clip of this on Twitter, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the game. <laughs> um,
2: yeah,
1: that so if you like fun time,
0: yeah, yeah, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, definitely check it out. But don't look too deep because you don't want to spoil yourself with anything. But um, yeah, that game just scared the holy hell out of me, and I haven't even finished it yet. So
1: it's it's um, hard to do a fully like an actual actually scary game. You know, even yeah. un- until dawn, which I thought did it pretty well, does it pretty well. Until dawn I feel like a lot of the scares are just like boom, loud, loud noise along with whatever it is, you know? And that's that's kind of the formula you have to follow. Mm-hmm. But but in general it's like it's hard. It's really hard to capture that the atmosphere like things like P T, how that took off because it did yes. so well. You just really have to establish the atmosphere. And also when you're playing the game, you really have to go all in on it. You know, you can't be having all these distractions in the background, like TV on, you know, you have to really dial in to appreciate it.
0: A thousand percent. Yeah. Like lights off. If you can play with headphones, obviously I wasn't with this particular game because Ryan was there with me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, lights off, close the blinds, you know, no YouTube, no Twitch streams, no podcast, no nothing. You're right. You really have to dial it in if you want to get the true experience. And, we did it with this one, and uh, yeah, it, it was the real deal. That's for sure. Okay. But um, but yeah, one thing I do want to circle back on, again, Infliction. Uh, I got it on sale this month. You might be able to still do that since we're in the spooky month of October. I believe you can get that on just about every modern console, certainly Xbox and PlayStation, Steam. I don't know if you can get it on Switch, but um, check it out if you're into something Or want to get into something super spooky. But I talked about Stubbs. And I briefly mentioned The Walking Dead. Yes. And as much as we kind of tiptoe around spoilers a little bit. I love to pick your brain. Because I texted you earlier in the week. When we were kind of prepping to have you on the show. And you talked about. You never stopped watching The Walking Dead. So take me back. Did you watch the original pilot episode on AMC? Way back when?
1: Uh, To be fair. I think I got into... I think I started watching The Walking Dead when it was on season 2. Okay. I think I think early season two on. It, yeah, very early on season 2 had just started, I think. And so I went back and watched the episodes. Um I think I was watching it like on demand. I think that's where it was. But yeah, and and I know a lot of people gave up on it uh, for multiple different reasons and at different stages throughout the show and that happens a lot with these long shows, but I always stuck it out. Most shows. I'm generally gonna if I'm like passionate about a show that much, I'm gonna stick it out. It's t- gonna take a lot to get me to leave it. And though it does have like a, a rough patch in the middle. I think it's a really great point now. So yeah, I'm. I just love. It's one of those things. That I've I think I've established that as much as I love, I love comedies. I, I love, I love reality shows to an extent, but I think dramas are always my favorite. You know, Lost game of thrones Mm -hmm. walking dead like the the shows where you can really grow attached to these characters and and see if true development that's that's the stuff that i love and walking dead has always been a show that i loved obviously there are points where i loved it more than than other times but i'm curious how how far you're you're into it now
0: yeah so one thing i would hit on what you just said though and you're absolutely Mm -hmm. right and I feel like this is true for a show like Lost, where it does go in so many wacky directions, especially later on the show. But ultimately, I think it really comes back to the characters and the arcs uh, beginning to end. And I think that's why Lost to this day is my favorite show of all time, because regardless of what you think about the ending and its weirdo sci fi directions in the later seasons, I, I still, it. I still, which I, yeah, I like it too, but I still felt like it was the characters that. I always still enjoyed their storylines yeah. through and through, beginning to end. I feel like the writers did a great job catering to what the the fans wanted, but even giving us what we didn't know we wanted, but still actually found to love um in certain relationship payoffs, relationships that maybe didn't reconnect or pay off as much as we wanted them yeah. to. Um and so, yes, I, I totally agree with you. And I think Walking Dead also does that really, really well. and I can't tell you the last time that I went this deep on a show. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been through loss five times. I went through it in 2020, um, powered through it again earlier or late last year into this year. I think maybe the last one that I binged this deep and this fast was Vikings. Um, oh, and yeah, that, of me course, too.
1: me too. Did you really? Are you being facetious? No, I, I really did. I, I, binged like three seasons back to back on that. And yeah, I watched all that as well. Also.
0: Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. So that of course spurred on my, um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla run and kind of was just a hopeless Assassin's Creed, uh, crazy person for the, you know, the the rest of this year. Um, but anyways, so yeah, the walking dead, I think I wish I would have put a timestamp on it, but, I think I started season one again maybe a month and a half ago, and Mm -hmm. I'm already toward the end of season 10.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So I like have really made a dent into it. And I guess just a quick, um, step back. So I originally watched, I remember watching the pilot. I remember watching week to week. Um, I especially remember when I went to college, um, I didn't have cable. I lived off campus my junior and senior year, but one of my really close friends, he did have cable. And so every Sunday night, like clockwork, I would go over to his place. We'd order pizza. We'd sit down. We'd watch the walking dead, um, just past where Negan kind of comes into things. And I think that's where a lot of people tended to kind of dip out. Right. Um, one, because of what happened in that episode, but then even like, Eight, 10 episodes after we'll call the event, hmm. I feel like a lot of those episodes were really drawn out. Um yes. and I would even say a second time through now, that was still the case for me, to the point where I would have my laptop up playing a video game, right? I have my laptop off watching some of those episodes while playing something like Dragon Quest Builders, because they were kind of just a slog to get through again.
1: <laughs> Did you kind of yeah, feel that way? Season seven and eight. Uh, and to some extent a bit of six also were like yeah, the rough a rough part of the show for a lot of people and for me to some extent also and that's that's interesting given the fact that we were given some of the best characters of the show in these seasons also but yep. it just, ha- just happened to be like the writing some of the writing wasn't quite up to snuff to compared to where it was before and where it is now I'd say it's uh it's definitely a little... It's a little rough patch, but when people talk about Walking Dead and when people stop talking... When people stop watching The Walking Dead, they got this idea in their head, and so they became... Everybody became Walking Dead experts that, like, stopped watching the show after Season 7, and then they never looked back, but they all, all had this vision in their mind where, like, oh, Walking Dead's horrible now. You know, it's, it really went downhill, but little did they know that if if you stuck it out a little bit longer you're coming into a re a revival of like some of the best the show's ever been again. And, um, that's what I believe at least. You so could I not be
0: it's... more right, Zach. Like I, I, I legitimately been completely blown away with the direction of the show, especially seasons nine, like late season nine in season 10. Um,
2: yeah, all and... i
0: say is the whisper arc. Holy moly. Like, yeah, so good so freaking good um i mean it rivals some of that earlier stuff that i never thought could be topped like some of those defining rick moments where he kind of just went a wall and i'm like yeah. damn like not only is andrew lincoln a phenomenal actor but like wow that was a powerful moment there but like i feel like some of those moments maybe aren't being topped but they're certainly just as good um deep into season nine and ten
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely a large part in the fact that they changed the showrunner. Angela Kang is the showrunner now, I think, from season nine on is when they switched over. So the guy, I think his name is Scott Gimple, was the one who was responsible for that little arc that many people didn't like, which as much as I didn't like it, again, we got Negan, which is like one of the best characters, if not the best character like the show has had. I think he's still the best villain in my eyes. We had him, and we got uh, Ezekiel. We got a lot of cool characters, even in those that rough patch. And now, like we get to see them thrive in this, like these later seasons, and really come alive. And I think the direction has just been on point. Definitely, and it's wild to look back season. If you look at season one and the season eleven, it's like night and day, completely different uh, tonally, completely different scenery. You know, it's it's wild to see production value. Yeah. production value is off the charts and it's it's uh, it's really it's wild because I mean you go from like the small group in season one to where we are now and there's like so many moving parts and so many characters involved um, it's obviously you lose I know for a lot of people you lose some of the charm there but I think if you just come to appreciate it for what it is it's not the exact same show and that's going to be natural for a show that spans 11 seasons it's not going to f- have the same feeling throughout. And if you look at it that way, there's some cool, even how they introduced some more horror elements in episodes of season 9. There was even an episode of season 11, which is really scary, really well done. And I like an, that as well.
0: There was an episode that I just watched the other day um, in season 10, and I felt like I was legitimately watching a Halloween like Michael Myers movie. Mm-hmm. like The way they filmed it, Uh, what was going on? I mean, it was like, holy, there's no way Angela King didn't look to like John Carpenter's original 1978 Halloween movie for inspiration for like this five minutes. Like, it was so
1: good. Mm, Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, no, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I'm nearing the end of season 10. And I guess a question for you. So, I know, and the whole reason why I went back to the show is because I heard that. You know, season 11, they're finally nearing the conclusion of the entirety of the series. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get brought up back to speed. I'm going to go from beginning back to the end to catch up and and, and see what I think. Because I I want to see this show uh, to the finish line. But how many episodes of season 11 have they aired? And I guess how many more do we have left?
1: Oh, good question. Um, One sec, I actually have it. I have an app where I keep track of my show progress. TV time,
2: it's very oh, that's nifty.
1: Cool. They're up to episode eighteen now of season eleven. I haven't seen the most recent one at this point, um, so I do have to catch up on that. But yeah, eighteen episodes in, and and yeah, for season eleven they did an extended season to where recently they were sixteen episode seasons. Season eleven is going to be uh, twenty four, I believe. Wow! So they split actually split season eleven in in how they aired it. They split it into three parts. So we're on the final part now It just started a couple of weeks ago into that.
0: That's outstanding. Yeah, no, I cannot wait. I, um, and also for anyone that's wanting to watch the walking dead, if there's anyone out there that's like, man, you know what? I stopped around season five or six too. I need to, I need to get back to it. You can watch the first 10 seasons on Netflix right now. That's how I've yeah. been watching it. And I think I'll probably have to get a trial run for AMC plus um yes plus to power through uh season 11 but i'm looking forward to it
1: it was so it's so funny how many streaming services there are there was a like, one show me and my family were watching i'm like what was it on again was that on uh was that on hulu no it's not it's not it's not on uh it's not on peacock is it no <laughs> it's, i think no we just watched that on the nbc app i think no it's on FUBU TV. No, it's, there's, there's a lot of weird stuff. There's just too much. There's way too much out there.
0: <laughs> I always yeah. have
1: to constantly, like, something will go off of a streaming service and I have to look up. Oh, it's on FUBU TV now. That's where it's at. Good to know. Yeah, good old FUBU. <laughs> <laughs> Sling, yeah. Sling TV, you know, the classic. Um, too
0: many streaming services. Uh, not enough Walking Dead to go around, but um, looking yeah, walk- forward to catching up. Well-
1: Walking Dead is one of those great ones where it's just, it's, there's so much history to it. So it's fun to talk about and it's like I even mean, to talk about the characters, how much how many characters we've gone through. Some really iconic ones. And it'll be fun, I think it'll be a cool series to look back on once it's all done. They Boy, did announce I mean, that. Go ahead, go ahead. I don't know if you heard they did announce like new series they're going to be doing, spin-off series as well. Oh, trust me, that in in knowing
0: that season 11 was going to be its final season was the sole reason that I started binging because there was a certain character that they wrote out of the show that I was like I'm out I'm done now I can't do this anymore (laughs) right but now that they've confirmed this six episode miniseries to conclude certain arcs I'm like I'm all in all right I'm ready to go
1: did you see the other series that there there's two other series also I don't I, I'm not going to spoil them if you don't know, because I, I was kind of disappointed in knowing them, just because they're focused on certain characters, and so that kind of takes away some like tension of like, who, could we possibly lose this, these characters? It's the final season, so I was kind of like bummed to to find out these series are happening. But yeah, they okay. got because they're like expanding. It's like the Walking Dead universe they're calling it now. So they have all these different shows. They're finishing up Fear the Walking Dead now, and then they're introducing like three other series and. Maybe there'll be more to come.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I don't want to try and create things for, for your own talker show, but if I am this, you know, third honorary honorary guest that you talked about, <laughs> maybe we could do some type of like back and review or, you know, walking dead in review where we just talk about it for an hour. And then maybe we do some type of like tiering list, whether it's for seasons or characters or absolutely. Yeah. Or something like that. We'll have to think about and that.
1: And we definitely need to talk about lost. Definitely need oh to my talk gosh. about laws at some point.
0: Dude, time and place, four eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. I am there. That's right? right? Anytime you want to talk about lost, I'm your guy.
1: And while we're on the topic of dramas, just go, everybody go watch Black Sales. it's a pirate it's a pirate drama TV series, and it's excellent. It's okay. not it's not like Walking Dead where you're getting into a huge amount of seasons. It's only four seasons. They keep it nice and clean. I think it's ten episodes per season. Really, really excellent, actually. The first episode, I'll warn you, like I watched the first episode months before I actually ended up watching the whole series. and I was like kind of bored the first episode, but I think it's actually one of those shows where it gets better and better as it goes on um,
0: Now, is this on Fubu TV, or can I get it on Disney plus?
1: Uh, I, uh, I don't know what is on it was it was on Stars, I think it was okay. The, So i don't know if that's still like is that that's a streaming service too is there stars i think through your like amazon
0: prime account you can get like additions right like you can get um paramount plus and then i think stars is one of them you can get as well so i might have to do a trial run to watch black sales because that seems right up my alley but the problem with this zach is just like vikings got me into assassin's creed valhalla this is totally going to get me into Assassin's Creed or Black Flag and I'm just going to be a complete goner for like months.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't know if there's a different streaming service you can watch it on, but uh, I haven't looked into in a while, but it's, it's so excellent and it's very underrated. Didn't get enough viewership as it deserved. But mm. um, one of those rare shows where it's like they 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 didn't overstay their welcome and they wrapped up the storylines in a in a really really good way so well that's
0: totally my kind of show so after walking dead i am absolutely going to watch black sales and in the december time frame when we're, we have a lull in new games and i'm trying to you know figure out my top 10 games of the year list you better freaking believe i'm gonna be playing assassin's creed Four, black <laughs> right. people Let's you tell
1: go. me after you watch you tell me if i'm wrong okay we'll i will i will uh but speaking about all
0: of the things that i'm typically wrong about zach i'm typically wrong about how fun simulation games can be so i think it's about time that we just you know kick it into high gear get into the main topic take a quick little break and uh you kind of coach me up on some simulation games what do you say sounds good Alright Zach, we're here. We're doing it. We're talking about simulation games.
1: It's everything from Surgeon Simulator to Walking Your Dog Simulator. We've got it all covered here.
0: We're going to do it all and it's going to be a, a great time. But I want, you know, as we always try to tend to do here, call out to the listeners, get in the Discord, let us know what some of your favorite simulation games are, uh, as Zach and I are kind of about to do. But what I want to do first, you know, without spoiling your list, if you can, you briefly kind of touched on it in the beginning of the episode. But what initially drew you into simulation type games? You know, take us back to a wee little lad, Zach. Was it a gift that you got for Christmas, or you were you like, Mom, I need this Harvest Moon game?
1: That's tough. I mean, there are a couple, uh, a couple key ones in my childhood which probably played a part in this. Which actually, a couple of them I'll, I'll be bringing up on this list, so I don't know if I should get into it too much. But yeah, there was a couple games on the GameCube. There was a, maybe a, a PC game we played <laughs> that uh, that were very instrumental in in me in my youth, and so I feel like that that kind of always had an impact on me. It's interesting. I don't know what exactly shapes what genres people like this is like an interesting uh case study we have to do look back on like what genre were the games you played when you were growing up and what genres do you like now Mm -hmm. i don't think it's necessarily always consistent and uh i mean i did play a variety of games growing up but these some of these ones i'm gonna talk about are like near and dear to my heart and probably more than a lot of games i mean i got a, a few, quite a few RPGs and, you know, platformers and things like that that are still near and dear to my heart, but something about simulation games has always drawn me in, and I've yeah. been, they've always kind of been, like, the black sheep of, of video games, and especially in, like, the gaming community, early days, and if, like, if you go to school or something, like, in a public school, there's just a perception of, of simulation games they are just not, not as cool as the other games, you know. Yeah. But they've always been near and dear to my heart. And I'm grateful that there's been like almost a resurgence of it. And now there's this influx of farming sims and simulation games in general that are uh, coming in. And especially Nintendo is uh, in that recent direct, has been housing a lot of them. So
0: no doubt, no doubt about it. Um, Well, so I'll briefly walk through my history. And then I do have a question before we actually get into the actual listing here. But. Uh, for me like i said I, it's just not a genre that i tend to retreat to uh, i you know i my favorite genres that i tend to play on repeat are your certainly 3d platformers anyone that listens to this podcast or has watched my youtube show over the years you'll know that 3d platformers are probably number 1 uh, action rpgs are probably next and then puzzle games i just can't get enough of puzzle games um mm-hmm. i'm kidding of course i would <laughs> say like the third it's not even like a a genre of sorts but just open world type stuff like your Skyrims like your oblivions like more recently of course the Assassin's Creed type stuff but um the simulation genre is not one I I tend to go to but as I was prepping for the show I realized like you know I've actually played a, a pretty good number of them you know first the first one that I think I ever really took a liking to was the original Sims on the mm-hmm. computer and I have some very fond memories of you know my mom picking me up from school Going home, you know, picking up some Wendy's on the way, of course, getting that, you know, junior bacon cheeseburger with some chicken tendies and fries, all the good stuff. And, uh, you know, her sitting down and like watching her afternoon soap operas and me putting my headphones on and playing the original Sims and just doing the Rosebud cheat, getting lots of money, building my (laughs) dream house, building out like a, an entire story game room, you know, type of thing, like all of that. Was really fun. And those OG Jerry Martin scores, some of the most mm, relaxing yeah. songs for sure. Okay. Um, another example is The Herbs, Simmons in the City. Um, told this story a number of times on the podcast, but one of two games where my mom ever had to put a time limit on how often and how much I was playing every day because I could not get enough of that game on the Game Boy Advance.
1: <laughs> okay. Um,
0: wow. Yeah. So just very odd, odd game there. Very odd game. Yeah yeah oh yeah it was very strange and uh, roller coaster tycoon I feel like most kids yeah. probably either played that at a neighbor's house played it at school during indoor recess or you know had the game at home themselves and so those are probably the three that I can point to and say yep definitely spent a lot of time in those okay. but when it comes to like the farming sim genre definitely not I do not have much experience with them and I guess of course Animal Crossing but it's Animal Crossing for me has always been that thing, mainly on the 3DS and Switch, where I play it for like either a couple weeks or a couple short months, and then I never go back to it. Right? Oh. Kind of my history, but I. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jump in, please.
1: No, you're the Roller Coaster Tycoon just triggered something to me. Yeah, I haven't. I never played Roller Coaster Tycoon growing up. I did play Zoo Tycoon, though. (laughs) Zoo Tycoon is more my speed. Uh, but I didn't even think of that when I was talking about this uh, conversation because sim sim games are really, as much as it is a certain kind of genre, it does span a lot of sub-genres in a way. Also, because you have like the the city building sim, there's the life sim, there's the farming sim. There's there's a lot in there, little nuances. But uh, you know, I I did play Thrillville Off the Rails on the Wii, ah, oh, <laughs> which is similar. Exact.
0: There are two games that I always wanted to get when I would go to Best Buy as a kid that I never ended up getting. But I swear to you, I mean, I almost have nightmares about it because I just, I remember going into Best Buy, walking down the PS2 aisle, seeing those slim PS2s for ninety nine ninety nine, And I also saw, because if you remember back then, whether it was Media Play, Circuit City, Best Buy, they'd have the newer games. And then either on the far left or the far right of that particular shelving unit, they'd have the greatest hits section. Hmm. And I remember seeing Dragon Quest eight journey of the Forgotten King, I believe is the subtitle on that. And then Thrillville off the rails. And those right. two games, I always wanted to pick up but in, never a tier,
1: did. in a tier of their own.
0: They, <laughs> they really are. are
1: right next to each other.
0: They really are. Yep. Compliment each now, other. Well,
1: I do want to preface this by saying, I do think it's really fair to not be a fan of SIM games. I do think as much as I enjoy them, it is very niche in, in video games overall in that the itch that people are trying to scratch when playing video games this is like it's kind of different it's kind of offbeat because uh, for a lot of people you want to have these goals you want to have these concrete like whether it's whether you're playing for the story or you're playing for like to accomplish it's it's always nice to have like you're making progress and i know a lot of people are steer away from these kinds of games because they're very open-ended and um sometimes have to do with like creativity if it's like a city building game it's just like mm-hmm. kind of you're expressing yourself in that way but sometimes it's literally open ended or even like harvest moon certain games have definitive endings but it takes a while to get there it's like days and years so it might as well be open ended uh and and you know animal crossing is the biggest example of in and, and like all the gaming community i had this discussion so many times when i was younger too it's like Animal Crossing, for sure, there is no definitive ending. So it's like, it's either your cup of tea or or it isn't. And I totally get it if it's not.
0: Well, yeah, and that's why Dragon Quest Builders 2 has been striking such a chord with me because I do see an end in mind. There is a story that I'm playing through, right? But it still has a lot of those core mechanics baked into the experience. But on that kind of line of thought, and you know, based on the point you made, when you're playing these types of games, and I know it probably will change based on the game you're playing but more often than not do you tend to watch netflix or listen to a podcast or have a youtube video up when you're playing something like the sims or harvest moon or do you just are you just zoned in on that farming experience with that ambient music in the background
1: it depends because i think there is a certain charm to playing animal crossing and these kinds of games with that music because it really does if you're playing these games you want to just relax and have fun and just be at peace And you kind of want to immerse yourself in that world, but at the same time, if you're just relaxing, playing a game casually, you might want to throw on a podcast or something. So I think I go back and forth on it. I don't always play them all the same way. But I've always struggled with the idea of like, you know, I want to dedicate and appreciate a game fully. I want to appreciate the whole atmosphere, so I kind of feel bad when I'm watching something or listening to something at the same time. But it might be one of those things, especially if it becomes a routine sort of game, where I'll play it at first fully, fully immersed. And then if I'm just going about my routine, uh, then I'll, I'll turn on something else to go with it.
0: Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Well, with all of that being said, we've, we've kind of teed up the segment here for this main topic. I don't have a a huge history with simulation games. You certainly have more experience in playing them than I do. And what I've done is I brought five games in the simulation or even simulation adjacent genre to the table that i think i'd enjoy and i think Mm -hmm. you've brought five of your favorites so we're going to kind of ping pong back and forth here i didn't necessarily order my listing from one to five or five to one uh, because again i haven't played any of these um i just have an interest in playing all of them so how about you kick it off and i'm curious with your listing did you have any kind of like
1: strategy for filling it out or order to your games yeah so i wanted to approach it with kind of representing different pillars of the kinds of sim games that i like and also if i was doing an objective top five you know i might have multiple games of the same series obviously i'm just gonna narrow that down to one and it might not even be the best one which is my personal favorite of each one now four of these games are not going to be super surprising you've probably heard of them And especially even in the sim genre, they're not unknown. But there's one game in here, which I've always thought is a hidden gem. And I'd be surprised if anyone listening has even played it. No. They might not even know about it. So I'm going to throw that one in at the end. It's a little wild card. That's the one I've been playing uh, significantly the past couple days. Just because when we were talking about this, it reminded me of that game. And I started sinking some time into it.
0: Okay. Excellent. So the first game that you're going to mention here is this like again your your fifth favorite or I guess any any you know what? I'll just stop asking questions. You go ahead and share your first game.
1: <laughs> so, uh, I didn't yeah, I didn't order them necessarily. I was always prepared to on the fly order them if you did say we were going to do it 5 to 1. But yeah, I'll just go with um the obvious one that I already mentioned, which is Animal Crossing. Okay. So Animal Crossing Specifically, the one on the GameCube. Actually, this is oh. the one I grew up on. Uh, initially, renting it from Blockbuster, and then going on to own it and love that. And I mean, this is the most pure experience that you could have with the game. Is that I had um, my brother and my sister also were playing alongside. So we had, you know, three of the four houses in the middle, or at least occupied by players, and we would rotate playing different times. And because from then on. It was more or less just me playing by myself. Um, City Folk, there's a little bit. My brother was playing that too for a little bit. But otherwise, it's uh, it's been just me. And so it's kind of a, a nice memory to have when you actually have a group of, of people and your family playing it all together. That but is really cool. I do think, objectively speaking, either New Leaf or New Horizons are probably the the best Animal Crossing game. Mm-hmm. And I do have fond memories of both. I have fond memories of City Folk also, which is like the black sheep of the Animal Crossing games. It's probably people talk about the least. But I really loved the series up until up until now. And I'm even disappointed in myself that I stopped playing New Horizons when I did. I put in over 100 hours, but that pales in comparison to most of the hardcore Animal Crossing fans who sunk hundreds and hundreds of hours in since... And it's not because there's a shortage of things to do. It's one of those things we both kind of experienced it, where we just dedicated so much time to it for like consistently, and then just stopped. I did this with a couple of things. I did this with my blogs when I did them weekly. I posted them weekly, consistently for almost a year straight. And as soon as I missed one week, I stopped. I'm done. I'm done because it's Mm -hmm. like you, you you've broken the spell that has been cast on you. Same thing yeah. happened with Animal Crossing. I missed one day after like so many consecutive days, and then I was like, "Oh well, the pressure's been lifted off of me." I'm just, and I haven't played since. I tried to go back to it, and I just couldn't get myself quite there.
0: Well, I think that's the interesting thing about maybe Animal Crossing specifically. I'm not sure, you know, how many more of the games on your list are are like this, but when you do get out of that rhythm of playing, you you almost feel. This weird shame, and the longer time passes of not playing, the more daunting it feels to actually go back and play it.
1: And I think that speaks to why a lot of sim games play these games is be- because of the shame they feel. You'll just love feeling that shame. Mm.
2: And it, it's
1: just it's a beautiful feeling. You know, you love to feel that way after you've sunk over 100 hours into a game. You love to feel that that's just not enough. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's something because I mean, Animal Crossing specifically, it will be they'll gu- guilt you when you come back, especially the early games where you your town will be riddled with weeds.
2: Oh my and they, goodness! They'd
1: be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it's it feels like it's been three years and fifty nine days since I've seen <laughs> <Yeah>. you." <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like I thought you were dead, but and they really they 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 lay it into lay it into you there. But the GameCube one is very fond to me. As much as I think New Horizons is an excellent game, it's, very, it's also different. It's, it's more uh, focused on crafting and the creative aspect of like building your own island, whereas that really wasn't what the original Animal Crossing was about. It was just like a cozy little game where you're living in this little village in a forest with these animal creatures and um, just having fun doing chores for the animals can decorate your house still, but obviously a lot more limited. You could uh, buy little items. You could still go fishing, uh, dig up fossils, catch bugs. The same, the same holy trinity of Animal Crossing, but it's a lot more simple. The music is great. I always feel at home as soon as I start up that game with the initial startup music. Like, yeah, that's nostalgia overload for me. And it still, it still holds up to me going back to play that game. Um, and it's it really was innovative for its time of having a game that goes based on real the real-life clock, like time progresses as it does in real life, uh, as long as you abide by that rule, you know. And then you go on, if it's nighttime in real world, it's going to be nighttime in the game, and the seasons will reflect that. That's so cool. And it's something I think we don't appreciate, at all, just because we're used to having almost two decades of having Animal Crossing games and, and games that have been inspired by it, but it's still so so cool to me.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's really neat, and I feel like, you know, I certainly wish that I would gotten Animal Crossing on the GameCube. I was a pretty late adopter with the GameCube. I remember getting a Double Dash bundle with, you know, the two silver controllers and a copy of Mario Kart Double Dash, but I wish I would have really been into the original animal crossing because i i do feel like if i had played it you know when i was that young maybe would have really kickstarted a love for those types of games and i feel like looking back
2: Mm -hmm.
0: it'd be really maybe it wouldn't be super challenging but i feel like each animal crossing really is a snapshot in time and if you're not there to play it with your friends or your family when it releases trying to pick a game like that up years later or down the line just wouldn't be the same type of experience.
1: I mean, here, let me... I'll play devil's advocate on that. I think it might be... I think it still would hold up. I might be wrong on this because obviously I have complete nostalgia nostalgia blinders on. But I think it's so different from even if you go... I know a lot of people started with New Horizons. It was the pandemic game of the century. Uh, and it drew a lot of eyes to Animal Crossing. So even for people who started on that and really fans of that game, if you go back to the GameCube game, it's like a different game. You know, you have you have elements of you know Tom Nook and you've got debt, but it's a very different style. And I still think it would be fun to play. And it's it's one of those games where there's not much pressure in in the in New Horizons. You'd have like the online thing going on there's so much online discourse of like sharing here, how extravagant my Island is now. And you don't have those added pressures to it. I think you can just kind of enjoy it in your own space. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. I would, uh, it might not be your cup of tea, but I still think it would be worth a shot even, even today. Well, that's
0: a good point. I guess I didn't think about how, how much of a role the online aspect plays in the newer animal crossing games and, It sounds like that first one really was about making or having a a singular, you know, non online type of experience with your own little, uh, you know, forested area and kind of making Mm -hmm. it your own. So, um, well, if it hasn't skyrocketed too much in price and I can secure a copy at some point, um, maybe I'll give it a go because I, I would like to try and put myself back in the early 2000s and play that type of Animal Crossing game versus the ones that we have
1: today. It's so cozy. It's just so cozy. It, it it's it's a warm feeling when I go back to the game. It's nice.
0: <laughs> Those are the best type of games. Excellent way to kind of kick off our list here, and in a very different vein. Um, gonna go in a completely different direction. Uh, my first game is Lawn Mowing Simulator. <laughs> no, it's not. It absolutely is. <laughs> it absolutely is and so you know you kind of
1: take it back
0: you kind (laughs) of you kind of jokingly talked about you know the wacky simulation games we have today like power wash and truck you know driving simulator and pc building simulator (laughs) and all these things but i love and i i'm not joking with you or the listeners i love mowing the lawn i always have ever since (laughs) i was in hell ever since i was in Yeah. (laughs) Ever since I was in middle school, and I was kind of old enough and strong enough to push the lawnmower, it's Mm -hmm. always been something that I love doing. Uh, Especially now, I do. Yeah, exactly. I just love Mm -hmm. drinking my coffee in the morning and just smelling those fresh cut (laughs) grass clippings. They just can't get enough of it. Um, But no, this is going to sound so strange, but this is really true. Uh, Especially now, as a homeowner with all of the adult responsibilities that we have. Mm -hmm. I oddly do a lot of my thinking and reflecting when I'm mowing the lawn. Um, You know, whether I'm I'm listening to music or not, you know, it's a bit of an exercise. So it's a great chance to kind of release some steam and kind of clear my head. But it's just a very therapeutic exercise for me to, to mow the lawn. And then certainly afterwards, maybe I'm like a, you know, 42 year old dad listening to Dave Matthews band in the Google dolls. But like, yeah, I just, I enjoy mowing the lawn, the act of it after the fact it just feels really good and it's a chance for me to kind of think about stuff and kind of clear my head
1: okay well well okay okay i'm on board I'm, I'm on board with you here yep yep. Uh, that sound, like i totally get it i'm not gonna shame you for mowing the lawn but you're gonna have to sell me on, on mowing the lawn simulator because i feel like isn't part of the charm of mowing the lawn is the fresh air and the smell of the the fresh cut grass and the the actual, as you said, the exer- exertion of the that energy. You're absolutely right. So, and what, I, I can't even begin to imagine what what they're what you're doing in, in mowing the lawn simulator. It's I think stripping
0: stripping all of that away is certainly taking away some of the the strongest aspects about what makes mowing the lawn so great. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if this analogy would necessarily work, but you know. It's like a lot of people say, you know, I'm so nostalgic for certain video games or the N64 or the PlayStation one, but it's such a hassle to hook up the console and actually play the games. And so maybe they throw on yeah. a two hour playlist of relaxing Nintendo 64 music, right? And they listen to those songs and it really kind of takes them back to, you know, the Christmas of 98, where they were just playing golden eye or ocarina of time. And even though they don't have that those original sense of their house, christmas morning with you know all the bacon and all the natural aromas that come from your childhood home you can still kind of go to the time and place in your mind and it still feels cozy and comfortable and i feel like with lawn mowing simulator even though i'm not going to be outside i don't have those aromas i'm not necessarily exerting the energy but i'm still going through the motions of mowing the lawn making sure i have the straight lines you know i have the scenic backgrounds in the game and i might still be able to have some semblance of that feeling, if that makes sense.
1: Okay, all right. I haven't even seen that. Like, I've seen so many of the different random simulators. I've never seen this one. Actually, I don't even know what it looks like. So, is it is it like super cartoony, or is it is it going for like photorealistic style?
0: A little bit of both. I mean, I think more on the side of, of photorealism. And there was one that I legitimately almost bought on PlayStation Five um, in anticipation of this episode because there was DLC related to like a dinosaur park. So I don't know if you literally have scenic reason. backgrounds of like Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannosaurus Rexes like <laughs> running around or something like that. But if that's the case, I am so on board. If I can just like <laughs> mow the lawn around Jurassic Park on some giant it. tractor.
1: That's the feeling you, you've always wanted to achieve when mowing the lawn. You just weren't able to. Exactly.
0: I exactly. I mean, I basically get to, you know, mod my own backyard with dinosaurs and all kinds of crazy scenic backgrounds of mountains and all that kind of fun stuff, but I still get the thrill mowing that grass.
1: <laughs> okay, well I love how passionate you are about mowing the lawn. Mm. I, do lo- I love passionate people. Yep. Um, so my next game, though, uh, is a different iteration of taking care of a lawn to some extent. That's Harvest Moon. No. Okay, you got you got your your land. And you're taking care of that. but you got some animals also. You got some relationship elements to it also. This particular harvest moon is Harvest Moon, a Wonderful Life on GameCube. And mm. so if you're tuning in on on those Nintendo directs, you'll know that there was a recent announcement that was music to my ears, and that's that they're making Story of seasons a wonderful life. Which is basically a remake on the Switch for uh, this game, which was another one near and dear to me growing up. There's a picture of me when I was very young, literally holding up. I'm holding up Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, Harvest Moon: A Wonderful Life, and a memory card. I'm just in the car. Oh my and I'm
0: gosh.
1: Chilling. And then this, yeah, these are. I mean, Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, also near near and dear to my heart, but um. Yeah, this is one. It's always been my favorite Harvest Moon. And this is my sole representative for the series for now. But there are plenty of other ones that would probably be even more of a better experience now. For example, um, Harvest Moon Animal Parade on the Wii is a really good one. Uh, I didn't go into Rune Factory on my list, but I still have plenty of Rune Factory games I want to play. Uh, and Rune Factory Tides of Destiny on the Wii is great, also. And then, um, what other Harvest Moon? There was one other one I wanted to mention. But yeah, Wonderful Life, just near and dear to my heart. The thing that sets it apart, kind of, for most Harvest Moon games, especially modern ones, is that in terms of romance options, which is always something Harvest Moon fans go for, is you get to romance and woo your, your love interest of the game to eventually marry them. And there's only three options in this game, which is unique to the new ones where there's several. And so slim pickings for sure. But that's, that's the, that's what it's like living in a small town, I guess. (laughs) It's true. I mean, in, in the story of seasons, the new one, there's going to be more because it's combining the second game on the game queue, which is harvest moon, another wonderful life, which is where you play as the female character and you have the male love interests. And so the new one will have all of them together combined, and you can go for any of them. And so that's cool. But um, yeah, I just love Harvestman Wonderful Life. I love the music, the vibes. I loved even just hearing the music in the new game when they played the trailer. That brought me back. Mm. It's very peaceful, very relaxing. Um, I've never. It's interesting. I have a couple like farming sims I love, but I've ironically never been huge into just like spending so much time dedicated to like a plot of land and, and crops and stuff like that. Um, There's another game on this list that I kind of delegated. A, a lot of that ends up going to my uh, brother when we're playing it together, just because I, I, you know, I enjoy the animal aspect of it more. I like walking around town, just feeling the vibes. But um, yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. Well, great selection. And, you know, this was actually fifth on my list because I felt like it was a fitting way to kind of, bring all my lists together but i'll just go ahead and say it now since you already brought up harvest no it's all good you brought up harvest moon um because there's so many i didn't really know where the best place to start is or was so i just said harvest moon 64 the og on the n64 i've listened to a lot of the soundtrack based on the number of n64 relaxing music compositions uh, i or compilations i should say i've listened to over the years I love kind of the almost chibi look of the characters. And you know I imagine this yeah. is probably a pretty bare bones Harvest Moon type of game with, you know, without all the kinds of systems and mechanics and bells and whistles that they probably introduced in the series over the years that I imagine have made them more compelling and more interesting. But I'd really like to kind of just get that bare bones Harvest Moon experience. And I think 64 yeah. would definitely fit that bill.
1: No, I have actually, I never played Harvest Moon 64, even though I've always wanted to. I always wanted to keep my hands in a physical copy. I actually collect, have a collection that I collect all the Harvest Moon games and Story of Seasons games that I can, and Root Factory games. Despite not, an, I haven't played a lot of them yet, but I just wanted to have them all, um, just because I love. Just they're they're near and dear to my heart, and I do have most of them. But the ones I don't have are uh, Harvest Moon 64 is one of them. And that's okay. uh that's a classic one that i definitely always wanted to play a wonderful life was the first one i played and it's still one of my favorites for sure but yeah there's a lot even on the 3ds with the story of seasons game that's also excellent the story of seasons games are really good and if you don't know story of seasons is basically the the creators of the original harvest moon went on they had to rename it to story of seasons because they didn't, didn't have the rights to the harvest moon name anymore so the the games you see coming out in 2021, 2022 called Harvest Moon are not really Harvest Moon. If you're a you know a Harvest Moon fan, you've come to understand that they're really rough. The ones that are under Natsume, um, mm. okay, the newer ones are, aren't too good because they're not all the like original people that worked on it aren't there anymore. They're they're all most of them are working on Story of Seasons now. So that's why you see these Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Town. They're uh, an adaptation of the Harvest Moon Game Boy Advance game, and then we have Story of Seasons: A Wonderful Life coming out, which is an ad- adaptation of this game. So,
2: okay,
0: good stuff. Well, that's my number two. What are you coming with your number three?
1: Hmm. All right, well, let's take a turn over to a different kind of Sim game, and it's in the name. It's The Sims Two.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Tell me more.
1: Now, The Sims was the PC game I was talking about. You mentioned it before. I did grow up playing it on the PC, also the original Sims. Uh, and that was also, that's also another really nostalgic game to me. The music and everything. And then I went on to play that on the GameCube also. And The Sims 2, I only played on the GameCube. <laughs> and there's a certain amount of jank to it. But I love The Sims 2 on the GameCube because it's the only Sims to date to have a, a co-op feature. Oh, okay. So I, I played it with my brother. I played it with my friends a couple of times, where you can just, like, you each have your own character, and you can play out the story the story mode together. Um, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun, actually, to play with another person side-by-side. Side. It's very unique to The Sims series. Again, it's it's my favorite. But if I'm being objective, The Sims 3... Probably the best Sims game. Uh, okay, I played that on the PC and also the console version a little bit as well. The Sims 3 does a lot of really excellent stuff with expanding what the original two Sims games were, while still having that really great charm to it. Where I think was which I think was lost a little bit in the Sims 4, though I still enjoyed it. Um, Sims 2 was great because it had like it introduced wacky stuff like aliens and some supernatural things. And in the case of the GameCube game with the story mode, you're basically progressing from like this little crappy uh, sharing an apartment in the beginning to like moving on to more different locations. And like as you progress and accomplish goals, um, career goals and relationship goals, you progress through the story and you go into different houses and mansions and, and do things like that. So it's cool. Uh, Sims has always been. A uh, fun series to me, which is another one where it's obviously open ended. Sims 2 with that story mode is a unique ex- exception to it. Generally, it's like full on let your creativity go, or just like make your dream house, make your dream family, whatever you want to do. You can have you can play the game how you want to play, torture the Sims, make them drown, you know, whatever you want to do.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, I, I wish. I wish there was an easier way to play at least the first Sims game. Um, I'm not sure if it's EA or whoever owns the rights to the series or whatever, but um, it's very difficult to get your hands on those earlier Sims games. Of course, you could, of course, just play the GameCube or Xbox or PS2 version of the Sims 2 and some of those Mm -hmm. other other spinoff games that were available on console, but it's difficult to play the OG Ah, uh, for
2: sure.
1: Yeah, it's not great quite the choice. same. Yeah, it's not quite the same as the PC version, like the GameCube adaptations. Yeah, but, you know, I enjoyed them growing up, of course.
0: Okay, good pick. I like it. My next pick, kind of somewhat. Uh, I think it certainly was inspired by one of the Sims games, and that's Cities Skylines. And. Oh. From what I remember, the Sims City reboots was kind of universally criticized by games media and fans. But I think this game really kind of seemed to fill that void of, you know, kind of building this metropolis, managing it all in real time, making it your own. Um, I'm not really sure if there's much of a story or objectives in this game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just remember when it came out in 2015. Uh, I think I was in my senior year of college and I just remember a lot of, or one buddy in particular, we had a lot of classes together. He would always be sitting in front of me or next to me in my classes playing this game on his PC, pretending to take notes. Uh, <laughs> he was obsessed with it and I kind of lived vicariously through him just watching him play I was always kind of me- mesmerized and wanted to play the game myself, but I didn't have like a, a compatible PC at the time to be able to play it so yeah and, and what's kind of neat about city skylines is that you can get it now on uh playstation xbox switch kind of most current gen consoles you can play it on nowadays and uh yeah just kind of a sim city clone if you will from the the gameplay i've watched and looks like something i might enjoy even if um you know just in short bursts here and there
1: yeah that's one of the subgenres. Of sim games that I haven't really gotten too much, uh, or haven't I just period haven't had much experience with the city building ones, Sim City, and that one, yeah. So it's still kind of foreign to me, but I definitely get the appeal, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I don't even know if it would be my cup of tea. I mean, I remember playing the OG Sim City, uh, like 2000 or whatever during indoor recess as a kid, but um. I don't know this one really kind of seems to to bring all of that in the three dimensional and uh, very very um it graphically looks a lot better obviously so maybe something I'll I'll get around to downloading and I think it may have been a PlayStation Plus game a while back so I for all I know I have it in my library I just haven't gotten around to playing it so
1: all right well my next game I'll say is another farming sim game and it's the best. It's the best sim game. It's the best farming sim game ever to exist. It's Stardew Valley. Oh.
0: Ah, uh, okay, okay.
1: It just is. It's objectively. I feel like I've I've come to just accept this is the best farming sim game we've ever had, and may and until we expand on this one, might always be the best one. Uh, I think it just it hits all the things that Harvest Moon games do really well, and it like makes them even better. It's it's uh, the the two D style is really cool. Obviously it's like retro in how it's presented. And so it's very different than obviously Harvest Moon games nowadays, but I think it's really adds to the charm. The music is excellent and having like this game was single-handedly created by one person basically. Unbelievable. And it's it's so so impressive. You can tell it's like a love letter to the genre and they mastered a lot of uh the elements that make the genre good because uh i i put in like 10 15 hours by myself but when i, I really started to enjoy this game was when i played co-op with my brother online and then uh, since then i've put in like over 80 hours now it's, oh wow uh, it's one of those where i i honestly had a lot more enjoyment playing it with another person i think it's a really cool dynamic and you don't see that often in fact i don't have any other examples of games that you can play farming sim games that you can play with someone else in that way and i think it's really actually effective and helps the genre a lot and where the genre lacks where like downtime boredom having someone else there it's like it works wonders and you always have like different tasks to work on even 80 hours into the game we still have more stuff we want to work on like there's different elements that uh, expand the game in different ways and in terms of our even our farm itself, there's nowhere near like these incredible farms that people have created that I've seen online where it's everything's so streamlined and whatnot. So we still had a lot of work to do in that aspect. We just haven't had time to play it, or we probably would have still been playing it uh, to this day in probably over a hundred hours at this point. There's just a lot to enjoy. And and yeah, there's there's also specific goals you can work towards where it's not necessarily like a storyline per se or a story mode per se but there are different storylines to it there's different storylines with characters as you interact with them more and develop your relationships and there's uh, different like goals you can set for yourself um, and complete different parts of the game so where you could say okay I'm done with it now or you can go all in and there's still more to do I just think it's a, it's really it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of fun
0: Yeah, I I picked up Stardew Valley shortly after getting my PS4, and I played it for maybe an hour or two, and I think I started playing it, one, when I was just really not in the mood to play that type of a game, so it was really off-putting for me outside of the music. Phenomenal soundtrack. I think I've enjoyed the game from afar just by listening to the music. Uh, Mm -hmm. Lauren, my wife, she's played quite a bit of Stardew Valley, and I mean, a lot of the listeners of the show I know are tremendous fans as well. And if you can play co-op, I feel like that might be the way to go for me. Uh, or maybe, you know, coming away from this conversation, I already feel like I have uh, more of an interest in kind of giving some of these games another shot. But I, I feel like Stardew Valley would be something that uh, seems relatively newcomer friendly. There's not too many systems from, from the gameplay that I've seen, even, even when I started playing it. Um, but, but yeah, no, it, it definitely seems like the kind of definitive farming simulation experience.
1: And I see that most most people all see the farming sims as like an, it's an independent experience. You want to when you do want to do something by yourself and just chill out. That's what you want to do. So generally, that's not how most people play the game. But I just found a renewed sense of enjoyment from playing it with someone else, and I feel like the genre could be benefited to have more games that do that. And I would, mm-hmm. honestly, I would, I would latch onto them instantly. If I saw more games coming out that were Farming Sims that have co-op as a feature, that would be an instant like, okay, you got my interest because I love it. I love it's so it's such a cool dynamic to have, where like yeah. me, myself who loves Farming Sims, I can get bored of Farming Sims or even Harvest Moon games when it's like it becomes just such a routine, and that's what a lot of it is. And people don't mind the routine, but having someone else there to mix things up so it's not always the same exact thing. That's that's cool.
0: Yeah. Well, great pick. I like it. I figured it was probably going to show up on your list. Um, my next game is, you know, we, I talked about, you know, City Skyline kind of mirroring something like SimCity. I feel like this next game uh, kind of mirrors an earlier series on PC that was very popular and that's Planet Coaster. Uh, I always enjoyed Playing Roller Coaster Tycoon growing up, like I was saying, indoor recess at friends' houses. But there's actually one game that a friend of mine had called Ultimate Ride. It was published by Disney Interactive Studio, but that was more building like a singular coaster. And it had kind of like this Disney aesthetic to it. I think some of the Disney characters were either present on the menu screen or you could kind of build... Disney themed coasters if i remember correctly uh, it's an old, old older pc game i think it came out like in the really early 2000s or maybe even the late 90s but anyways all of that to say like i i have enjoyed in the past or at least when i was growing up playing these theme park simulation type games and planet coaster in the same way that city skylines seems like a remake of an earlier sim city game planet coaster looks like it's kind of built from the ground up remake of an earlier roller coaster tycoon game where Um, just graphically looks a lot more impressive than some of those earlier games. Um, And you have all the bells and whistles that you'd expect to really kind of build your definitive theme park. And uh, based on some of the gameplay that I was watching, you can even select different plots of land. So if you wanted to, uh, you know, build a theme park out in the middle of Montana or something like that, like some very um, remote area with, with mountains in the background, you know, you could do that uh, with planet Coaster. So looks pretty neat i think it really just tries to to mirror that roller coaster tycoon experience and again this just seems like something that would be fun to play when you feel like kind of turning off your brain really exercising well i should say turn off your brain but i feel like really exercising that creative side of your brain <laughs> and and yeah. create a uh a theme park have you played planet coaster or i know you said you don't have a whole lot of experience playing roller coaster tycoon
1: oh no, yeah i don't know about this one at all
0: yeah it came out um in 2016 you can get it on, you know, PC, PlayStation, Xbox. Not sure how well this game would play on console. I feel like these types of games you probably want to play on PC. But, right. um, but yeah, definitely look to look pretty fun. And I think with these types of games, and maybe similar to City Skyline, you run the risk of there are all kinds of things that you have to keep track of, and so many different systems and mechanics that you have to uh, learn and kind of be you know be brought up to speed on. But from the gameplay that I watched, it looked relatively uh, user friendly, but I'm sure there's a bit of a learning curve to start playing something like this,
1: yeah. I mean, definitely a genre I need to explore more, like the subgenre. But it's funny because I think I consider myself a creative person, but I'm also not creative in the sense of like a landscape, even New horizons. <laughs> like it was I barely got the got started on my island um where people had these huge visions that they unfolded. And uh, with these cityscape games and these roller coaster kind of simulation games, I'm always like, it's so daunting to me, because I'm like, I don't feel like I I wouldn't be able to function in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I'd probably kind of approach it too, just like, this is a playground, I'm going to have fun in it. Uh, But yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't really have that creative vision either. It's more just, I just, you know, plop a couple uh, rides around and and see if the... uh, the audience enjoys it but yeah but, yeah. but i think we are are we coming in on your fifth and final here
1: fifth and final game here all right <laughs> this is what i think sank, sank some time into the past couple of days leading up to this it's uh i'll just say it's final fantasy crystal chronicles my life as a king
0: really is this on,
1: okay. the one on the wii this is a WiiWare wear game yes which oh my it, gosh! It pains me to say it because I don't think there's any way to actually buy this game right now. Because <laughs> the Wii, the eShop is closed on the Wii, and I don't. I mean, other than all alternative methods, I don't. I don't think there's any way to get it like legitimately. But luckily, I still had it from back in the day. I played. I looked. I saw my original file was in like 2010. When I last played it.
0: Oh my goodness! So it was
1: a wee lad last time, and I still enjoy it. It's a It is a city-building kind of uh, simulation game based in the world of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. It's a very niche thing that no one—I really hear anyone talk about this game. Yeah, um, and it's—it's got a lot of charm too because I think people put off by it because it's got the Final Fantasy name and it's like the only Final Fantasy game I can think of where you don't actually. There's no action, like you're not doing the action. You actually play the king. It's like a young king. And you send adventurers out to do the action for you as you're b- building the city. So simultaneously you're you're expanding your city and rebuilding basically like your father's legacy. There's a whole whole story mode to it also. But you're rebuilding the city with this like magic power that you have while you're sending out like as your city expands, you get more adventurers and you can send them out. And they're basically playing out the RPG as you're doing your sim- simulation game. So, f- for a lot of people, it wasn't their cup of tea because they wanted to be doing the adventuring, which makes sense. Uh, That's Z-
0: fascinating. And it almost sounds like Did you ever play Ninokuni 2? No, I didn't. So, Ninokuni you know, 2 Revenant Kingdom, I think a lot of people tend to hate on it and say it's not as good as the first game, so on and so forth. And and I understand the criticisms of it, but there's a mm-hmm. couple different mechanics within the game. And one of them is, you know, you're this young king and you're reestablishing your kingdom. And so there's this section of the game where it's kind of a bird's eye view and you're building these little pocketed buildings and you're accumulating money over time. And the what you're describing for this game kind of sounds similar. It sounds like the game you're describing is okay. this mechanic of Nino Kuni 2, but blown way the heck up, which sounds amazing because Ryan and I both loved the city building mechanic in Nino Kuni 2. We just felt like it wasn't as fleshed out as it could have been.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's very it's a lot of fun. You have to obviously take into account that it is a WiiWare game, so it's not gonna be a huge expansive thing. It's a more tight experience, though there's actually a surprising amount of content to it. It's not like you're done in a couple hours. Um I looked up on how long to beat and it said like 18 hours to beat. Okay. Uh, so like and it seems like you get it's one of those things where you can level up higher. I've put in a good amount of time already. My character's only in like the 20s. They're they're at level 20, uh 20 something and there're still dungeons they they can go to they are like level 40 that I see in the horizon. So there's still a lot more to be played. Um and now I, I thought I had beaten this back in the day, but now I come in and I see that my file was like day 64 and I'm up to like day 100 now and I haven't beaten it. So I'm like, did I, what made me think that I beat this? Or did I just like speed run only the story missions? Because there is kind of like optional. You can explore things more and do other okay. things. Um, basically, you're sending what are called behests, which are basically quests that you're giving your adventures to go on. You post them up on the bulletin board that you have. And then as you expand, you can get a second bulletin board where you can do second or two quests at the same time. And whoever, whatever adventurers want to do it, they go up to the bulletin board and they go wherever you want them to go. So it'll be like, it could be a level. You'll see what level the dungeon is. And you'll have a mission, which is either to explore, find more stuff out about it, or defeat the boss is the ultimate goal you want to get. And, and the reward for a lot of the... beating a lot of the dungeons... Is that you'll get unlock some new kind of building, or new uh, equipment for your people, and it's kind of cool. The variety of buildings that you get as you're expanding it, it gives you more things to do. There is a period of the game where it's like it becomes very rote, and I was just like speed running through the days. Luckily, you don't have to like just suffer through the days when you don't have nothing. Well, you don't have anything to do. You can just like say, "I want to rest," and that'll end your day prematurely so I kind of did that for a while until I got to a point where there's also an element where you can talk to the uh, townspeople and that'll give you like morale boosts, which will also add to expanding your kingdom and progressing like certain goals. And so you have a reason to actually go around the town and talk to people and um, certain you like install bakeries, you install different guilds or like different buildings to make um, different kinds of adventures. So initially, you just have warriors, but then you can ask them, ask certain ones to go and become white mages, black mages, thieves, and um, different uh, classes like that, basically. And so that by by the end of it, you have different classes. And you as you expand your town, you get um, different houses where you can bring in the different races from Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Wow. So more diverse. But yeah, it's interesting because I never really. When I was growing up, I didn't really like Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, but it's still very ende- a very endearing environment and like world that they set. Nice music to go with it. So this is kind of an expansion of that. I know there was also another WiiWare game released alongside it or around a similar time called My Life as a Dark Lord, which, as far as I understand, you're pay- playing as the the um, the villain. Basically, that you're going after. My life as a king is the Dark Lord, and that's like a tower defense game. My life as a Dark Lord. So there's two very different genres that they explore with this, and not many people know about it. So if you like simulation kind of games, it's not it's not for you. If uh if you want Final Fantasy, for sure it's not for you. But for the sim fans, I don't
0: think anyone could have predicted that 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 a WiiWare game was going to show up. And our simulation game topic—you love to see it. You love to but, see it. But
1: okay, see, I recommended that. But how do you, you can't get the game? <laughs> how do you get a game? I don't,
0: I don't know. know. We gotta, we gotta phone up Square Enix. They gotta, they gotta remaster it for Switch. Come on. I know.
1: I would, and I saw like some in some videos from like years ago, someone playing through. They're like, I need to remaster it. But it's like there's, there's probably no interest there, unfortunately, even though. Maybe if they spun it and presented it in this day and age, people would like it. But I don't know. It's just such a niche thing. But I I appreciate the fact that I was able to enjoy it. Well, I appreciate the
0: fact that you brought up a WiiWare game. that is just (laughs) takes us back. Takes us back to better days, for sure. Um, Well, my fifth and final game, maybe fitting enough because it's the fifth game in the series, you've kind of briefly alluded to it. I have not played many games or any games in this particular series but my wife is a big fan and that is Rune Factory 5 it was released last year and I think it was a kind of a highly anticipated return to the series because I think before that Rune Factory 4 came out on 3ds like maybe nine years prior if I'm not mistaken doing a little bit of research before Mm -hmm. I added it to my list unfortunately it was met with quite a bit of criticism I think before or for its kind of performance and graphics and uh, relatively bland environments it just wasn't I think um, very appealing to the eye if you will but I'm not really sure if that's that's why people are going to play the Rune Factory games I watched quite a bit of gameplay and it looked like a lot of fun uh, for those that don't know is that kind of already talked about it but it's a series that takes a lot of the Harvest Moon farming sim mechanics but also blends gameplay with an action RPG so as you kind of become friends with more folks in a town more activities naturally populate, send you across the map into a variety of dungeons. You're fighting monsters, collecting material, uh, you know, doing fetch questy type stuff, bringing stuff back for the folks that send you out on those quests. And I think there's an overlying story there too. Uh, and I'm sure there's there's some type of villain that you eventually have to defeat. But I've always just liked the graphical aesthetic of the Rune Factory games. Uh, it definitely distinguishes itself from the Harvest Moon series. And adding kind of RPG, action RPG elements specifically to uh, the game definitely kind of um, gets me a bit more interested than, you know, picking up a a traditional farming sim game, if you will.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's definitely more palatable to people who are more used to other genres, for sure. And I think, uh, yeah, I love Rune Factory. There's a lot more that I want to play. But like I said, from what I did play of Tides of Destiny on the Wii, I really liked that game. But yeah, I still have to play a lot of, a lot of them. And I've always appreciated how they blended two of my favorite genres together. And yeah. I always appreciate when uh, especially nowadays developers are being more and more experimental with mixing the sim farming sim, whatever it may be, genre in with others because I think it it's a genre that works really well being a complementary to other genres too.
0: Definitely. Yeah.
1: Well, Zach, that
0: was a heck of an episode. I think a great discussion on simulation games. I certainly have a lot of homework to do when it comes to the genre. And based on your list, I definitely need to, uh, Stardew Valley especially, I think is a game I need to play. Um, but you had, you mentioned a couple others that I definitely piqued my interest. So, really yeah. appreciate you uh joining me today on the episode.
1: For sure. And yeah, if you want to check out uh, my YouTube channel that I do with Alec, Chromelink, Nine, uh, it's T A R Q A R O N Tarkaron. You'll see plenty more rusty on there for sure. I don't know what our next thing is going to be, but there's always stuff in the pipeline.
0: Definitely, always a treat checking you guys out and hanging out with you guys when I get to join you for an episode. But thank you everyone so much for tuning into this episode. Please get in on the discussion, join our Discord in the show notes below. You know, share some of your favorite simulation games, or if some of the games that Zach and I mentioned sparked your interest, be sure to let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And a, just a reminder that at the end of this month, I'm going to be doing a memory of melodies episode solo. I'm going to be, you know, putting on my DJ hat, <laughs> listening to some great spooky season tunes, but I need all oh, of yeah. your help. So definitely pull up your phones, go to otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Send us a note. We don't, have, we don't have a website. Just send us an email, please. You're, I don't even know what send that a, is doing. Send, you know, send like.
1: it in the, in the mail.
0: Yep, just, yeah, snail mail is fine too. You'll, it'll probably get here before uh, I record it in about two weeks. But yeah, just send me a song name from a game that reminds you of the spooky season and write a couple sentences about why that particular song is special to you. I'll read it here on the show. I'll listen to the song live here on the podcast. And it's going to be a spooky season. Great time. All right, and Zach, yes. you have a song in mind. Don't tell me now, but are you going to send something in?
1: For sure. For sure All right. I, I'm, I know I've been slacking. Like, As much as you contribute and comment on our videos, I do not reciprocate as much as I should have. Um, it's okay. So I, I take sure notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep just mental notes on it. You know who the real ones are.
0: Yep, that's right. Uh, But yes, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I tend to toss things over to my co-host at the end of every show and ask him if he has any fun facts. But I'm going to change things up a bit. So at the end of every Tarkaron show, they ask their guest or Zach asks Alec, Alec asks Zach, you know, what video would you recommend our listeners go and check out after this one? I'm going to challenge you, Zach. Is there a particular episode of the podcast (laughs) you'd recommend the listeners Go and check out after this one.
1: Ooh, man, this is a lot of episodes. This is a, you really put me on the spot here. I know. Hmm. You can choose your own. That's totally fine. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I did very well in the first one. What, what did it's we talk great. about? We talked about Cross. I mean, it was a fun time, but I was always very hard on myself, uh, very critical.
0: Well, you're in good company. I'm the I'm the same way.
1: No, go watch. Go watch the episode with uh, with Alec. All right, <laughs> the last one okay. when he was on Chrono Link Nine.
0: Ah, uh, Aerith, I love you. I think is the name of that episode. I don't remember what number. It's definitely like in the seventies and eighties, though. So, Aerith, I love you. Go find the episode. Go listen to what, it.
1: You don't know what number offhand. You just don't. You don't just remember all the numbers of your episodes and what they correspond to.
0: I'm slacking, man. I'm, I I've really dropped the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Um, i really dropped the ball but um but yeah thank you everyone once again so much for listening zach thank you so much for being on it's been an absolute thank pleasure you. as always talking to you my friends and uh yeah as we always say here stay safe stay healthy keep playing those great video games out there especially if they're spooky maybe sneak in a simulation game or two oh, yeah. and we'll see you real soon
1: take care